This day was going so well. Just like a Democrat lawyer to just come in and just poop all over my Wheaties. Oh my gosh. All right, welcome to the show. I'm a little angry now. I'm a, I am a little hacked off. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I am... And it, it's, it's not even... It's not even that I expect these leftist lawyers in robes, lawyers with a wardrobe change at the North Carolina Supreme Court, it's not even that I, that I expected better. It's not even that. I, I don't expect better. I really don't. I, I'm, I'm not disappointed in their actions. What I'm angry about now is that we are going to be treated as if what we're watching is not as catastrophic as it is. We're going to be told that it's not that bad. We're going to be told, oh, it's just a ruling. And we're going to get the voice from nowhere reporting from our press corps. Rather than taking these four Democratic lawyers on the Supreme Court to the woodshed for this kind of absolute dumbass. Oh, I forgot. This is dumbassery on steroids. Yes. You're in the zone of dumbassery. Exactly. The North Carolina Supreme Court chooses process over popular sovereignty. They don't care that you voted for it. They don't care that you voted for voter ID. They do not care that the democracy said we want voter ID. They don't care. They said, yeah, you shouldn't even have been able to answer that question because the legislature that put that question to you, they were elected under gerrymandered maps. Like, you know, almost every other single state in America. The inconsistent application of standards is what drives me nuts. This is why I rail against the uh, media treatment. You know, I have a whole list of journalisming rules, right? When the scandal is about a Democrat, the, the story is not the scandal. The story is the Republican reaction to the scandal. And when the scandal is about a Republican, well, then the story is the scandal, right? That is an inconsistent application of standards. And that's my beef. These justices were these lawyers were given two referenda that got that were the subject of the litigation. They got two two pieces. One was the voter ID that by the way, that thing got passed like a decade ago. A decade ago it's been since vo- since voter ID was first approved in North Carolina that these leftist organizations have been able to to block implementation of voter ID in North Carolina for the better part of a decade. Despite the fact that our voter ID law is one of the most liberal voter ID laws in the country. In the country, they have law the the courts have ruled the Supreme Court ruled on voter ID laws that were more stringent, that were tougher than ours. And said they're fine. North Carolina comes along and in an attempt to placate these moon bats makes it an even looser mechanism. And it still doesn't satisfy these idiots. Nothing will satisfy them. So 
We all voted for voter ID. We all voted to limit the, uh, the state income tax as well. We didn't even implement that as a new thing. It already existed. We just lowered it. We went from 10% to 7%. I think the 10% uh, was raised during the Great Depression or something like that. They went from 7 to 10, and so this took it back down. And even that's too much to these leftists. How dare you, you know, restrict our ability to soak people? We need to be able to get all their money. So they sue on those two. They don't sue on the other ones that passed. No, no, no. Those were popular. So they don't want to sue about those. And these leftist lawyers, they agree. I'm looking through some of the highlights. There's a fellow named Corey Friedman. Uh, his uh, Twitter handle is at Corey Writes because he's a writer. Get it? Anyway, uh, he says that a uh, gerrymandered North Carolina General Assembly placed these on the ballot so lawmakers lacked the right to seek the people's will. If they lacked the right to seek the people's will for a constitutional amendment, which then passed, by the way, right? It passed. If they lacked that ability, then um, why would any law they passed have any legitimacy at all? See, that would be the application of a standard, a consistent application of the standard. And you guys aren't about consistent application of standards. I'm looking through some of the parts of this ruling, these opinions that he highlighted. It is undisputed that three-fifths of the members of each house adopted acts submitting the proposals to add the voter ID and tax cap amendments to the Constitution and that a majority of voters ratified both amendments in 2018. The sole question before us is whether the legislatures, uh, legislators rather, who passed the bills submitting these two amendments to the voters could validly, I think that's supposed to execute the authority conferred upon the legislature. The argument has some superficial appeal. If what matters is safeguarding our constitutional commitment to popular sovereignty and democratic self-rule, the fact that a majority of voters approved the challenged amendments could indicate that the amendments reflected the people's will. You raging idiots. Yes, that's exactly what it reflects. When you ask people to go vote on a constitutional amendment and then they give you their votes and they approve the amendments, that does express the people's will. Yes, that's precisely what happened. And then they go on to say this. This is, again, the Democratic majority. Embracing this argument would also flagrantly ignore the purpose of the people's choice to structure the amendment process to require something more than ratification by the voters. The legislative supermajority requirement is not a mere procedural nicety. It is a means of safeguarding the system of government. Uh, Again, these it, some of this stuff is 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 uh, covered up, so I can't see all of the quote here. But uh, the safeguarding the system of government enacted in the North Carolina thing that says enacted in the North Carolina Constitution by ensuring that the people's fundamental law is not altered or abolished rashly in response to the whims of a particular moment. These things won overwhelmingly. So what they're saying is because to get on the ballot for a constitutional amendment. You need three-fifths of each house to approve that referendum to go to the people. And because the legislature was gerrymandered, they wouldn't have had the three-fifths, so they never should have brought it forward, which now jeopardizes every other constitutional amendment that we passed. And it would also jeopardize, by the way, right, all of the overridden vetoes. It would jeopardize 
I mean, heck, really, any law that passed, you have to go through. You could sue now. You could unwind every single law the legislature has passed. Oh, and guess what? It shouldn't just apply here in North Carolina. This needs to get kicked up to the feds. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking we start suing to get every single gerrymandered legislature in every other state have all their laws tossed. Why not? This is the rationale. They say we reject the contention that we do not need to examine the authority of legislators to propose the voter ID and tax cap amendments because a majority of North Carolinians who participated subsequently ratified both amendments. Simply put, the fact that a majority of voters ratified a constitutional amendment is insufficient to ensure adherence to the principles that animate our constitutional system of government. You know how many gerrymandered legislatures North Carolina has had? Basically all of them. Basically all of them. Does that matter? You start throwing out some of that stuff? Ooh, how about our whole uh, state constitution? What about that one? Why not? Democrats have been gerrymandering this state for a century and a half. Rules are rules, guys, right? Your standard. I really can't complain too much. I mean, I can actually. I do it every day for like three hours. But um, I can't complain too much because I usually say at the end of the program, don't break anything while I'm gone. And at least the the Democratic majority on the North Carolina Supreme Court decided to uh, break this news before I left. So I guess I appreciate that. Got a message here. Uh, I demand a refund on any and all taxes collected and spent by a usurper legislature. That's a great point. Give me my money back. Usurpers! Give me my money back. You had no right to set the budget, right? The budget's invalid. Here's another uh, tweet along these lines. Um, Wouldn't the Supreme Court decision mean that the budget's invalid? The Dems really don't like that they lost this state. Sue Till Blue. That is the strategy. Absolutely. I don't know. I got another tweet here. Is it going to go to the Supreme Court? I I don't know. Uh, The U.S. Supreme Court? I don't know. Um... Right now, it's getting kicked back down to a Wake County court. And I believe that's the judge that was the one that said it's a usurper legislature, whatever. So the the state Supreme Court is kicking down, uh, kicking back, which because it went through the appeals process. By the way, I, I feel the need to point this out, too, that one of the Supreme Court judges, one of the left wing lawyers with the fashion change, um, Anita Earls. And she came out, she was a left-wing activist attorney that sued the Republican legislature repeatedly, repeatedly. She's part of the coalition for, uh, the Southern Coalition for Social Justice. They have sued the General Assembly on all sorts of things. And now as a Supreme Court judge, she rules on these cases. It is completely unethical. But there she is. Still doing her thing, still ruling for her friends, still ruling for her colleagues. And remember how she got that gig. You remember how she got the gig? Because the guy, what was his name? I don't even want to give, I don't want to, I don't want to give his name. I know his name. I don't want to give his name. I don't want to give that lawyer 
the, any kind of free publicity. I'm not going to give him any free publicity. That guy switched his party affiliation so he could siphon votes away from the Republican incumbent, Barbara Jackson, who by all accounts, by everybody asked, by her colleagues, Democrat, Republican, she was a solid judge. People got along with her. She had solid rulings. That's who Anita Earls beat because of the leftist that changed his party affiliation in order to run against Jackson. He lied. An officer of the court. See, here's the other thing, too. And this is what this really burns me. And this is why I'm so angry at guys like Josh Stein, the attorney general as well, because you're an officer of the court and that either freaking means something or it doesn't. And if it doesn't mean something, what are we even doing with this? Right. What are we even doing here? If that doesn't mean something, then why, why does it matter if I swear to tell the truth and the whole truth? What's the point? Right? Either these terms, these concepts mean stuff or they do not. And every time you guys chip away at definitions of words, every time you find some sort of creative way to get to the partisan result that you wanted to get to, every time you find end runs around processes that are already in place, you take another chip out of that block of credibility. And uh, no, I, you know, I'm sorry. You guys have you guys radicalized me a long time ago. So, admittedly, uh, I am I'm a little bit uh, quick on the trigger here because I have been radicalized by you. You did this. You guys did this. Every time you went around the system, and every time you got creative with the definitions, a little bit more of me got cynical. And I may be past the point of no return when it comes to the judicial activism on display. Please, for the love of me, for my sake, please go vote in the judicial races. Vote as if our Constitution depends on it, because it quite literally does. All right, here is some of the court opinion from the dissenting judges. These are the three Republican members of the North Carolina State Supreme Court. This decision is a radical departure from mere judicial review as this court expands its reach beyond constitutional guardrails and unilaterally amends the Constitution for its own reasons. The majority restructures power constitutionally designated to the legislature plainly violates the principles of non-judiciability and wrests popular sovereignty from the people. When does judicial activism undermine our Republican form of government guaranteed in Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution such that the people are no longer the fountain of power? At what point does a court operating without any color of constitutional authority implicate a deprivation of rights and liberties secured under the 14th Amendment? The sober people of this state, well, I'm out then, the so I'm just kidding. The sober people of this state will be left to wonder why, if they amended the Constitution, those provisions are not in effect. The negative fallout of today's decision will be felt most by the people of this state and the confidence they have in the in the institution. Sadly, they will experience the chaos and confusion courts seek to avoid. 
Um, let's see here. What else? Oh, the um, Justice Earls, who wrote the majority opinion, saying that uh, these two constitutional amendments that we all approved as voters, uh, they, they don't get to take effect. It's going to go back down to another court because of a process question. Because the legislature that put these measures on the ballot, along with a couple of others that all passed and they're not challenging. By the way, there were some others that failed. Nobody's challenging those either. Just these two. Income tax cap at 7% and voter ID. That's it. Those are the two that got challenged. But because the lawmakers who put it on the ballot were elected under maps that were later ruled to be unconstitutional gerrymanders, therefore... They never should have been allowed to put those questions to voters. And if that's the principle at play, then how does that not apply to everything that the legislature has done? And how does it not apply to every single law every gerrymandered legislature has done? And by the way, you know who has gerrymandered districts? You know who has engaged in that before? Roy Cooper. Yeah, Roy Cooper. He was in charge of the Senate for a few years back in the day. Got sued a bunch of times over his gerrymandered maps. So everything he did gets unwound too, right? No limiting principle here, guys. And this was what the the lower court and the dissenting court uh, or uh, judges were saying. There's no limiting principle. So what does the majority say about this? Well, according to Corey Friedman, said, well, uh, if the constitutional amendments are invalid, then why not every law and resolution? And the majority just sweeps this aside by saying, well, you know, some legislative acts are more important than others. That's the standard that they have now set. Some things are more important. Some things are bigger. You know, we think this issue's more newsworthy. I was watching because that uh, this uh, this ruling came down now almost an hour ago. About an hour ago is when I first saw it. And uh, I've been watching my inbox, and I had to delete like 30 emails, all from like, you know, Democrat uh, politicians and organizations and such. Oh, gosh, they just, they're, it's just a deluge of, uh, of fundraising emails. But none of them mentioned the ruling. I wonder why. I wonder why it took about an hour for Senator Jay Choudhury's campaign to send something out j4nc.com and so now i'm curious wow it's like it took an hour because i was going to see what is the democratic party saying how are they using this to fundraise and they didn't for about an hour whereas all these other things they were ready to go they had stuff ready to go so here's what here's how they're fundraising off of this ruling today The North Carolina Supreme Court just ruled that our state legislature was so gerrymandered that lawmakers may have lacked the authority to represent their constituents when they passed two new constitutional amendments. Okay, they didn't pass the constitutional amendments. The voters did. What does that mean for North Carolinians in 2022? But notice the weasel words there, too. You notice the tone. Jay Chaudhary is a he's a bomb thrower. Don't and he's a lawyer. So don't think that this isn't crafted you know, with thought before it went out into everyone's inboxes here. It says the North Carolina legislature was so gerrymandered that they may have lacked the authority. They may have lacked the authority. Oh, that's what the court 
That is what the court is saying, that they lack the authority to do that. That's why they ruled the way they did. Why with the why with the weasel word there? Hmm? Why with the qualifying may word? What does this mean for North Carolinians in 2022? Well, one of the constitutional amendments questioned was the state's controversial voter identification law that would disenfranchise many black voters, which voter ID does not disenfranchise people. It, it, voter ID does not disenfranchise, especially the law that North Carolina drew up, one of the most forgiving and liberal uh, voter ID mechanisms there is in America. Voter ID does not disenfranchise people any more than setting a, an end date for the election, any more than saying the polls close at 7 p.m., any more than saying you got to have a witness signature on an absentee ballot, any more than saying you got to have it postmarked by a certain date when you're mailing in that ballot, any more than say you can't uh, 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 go up and uh, politic outside of the polling place. You got to give some distance, right? Every single rule in elections disenfranchises somebody, somehow, somewhere. It is a ridiculous standard that these people on the left attempt to employ. And what is it about? Racism. It's about racism, which honestly, in my view, super racist to say that black people don't know how to get driver's licenses or free state IDs. Super racist. But it is the Democrat Party, the party of the Klan. So, I mean, I I guess I should not be so surprised. (laughs) While today's ruling does not immediately overturn the state's voter ID law, well, because it's not in place, because we can't use it. The decision must now go back to a trial judge, the trial judge that ruled the same way because he's a Democrat, the same way that the Democratic members on the bench just did. It's a clear win for democracy. Get, imagine, right? I mean, fathom the chutzpah. You have to have to say that this is a win for democracy and voting rights, that they just overturned the will of like 57% of the voting public. I think it was a 57%. It was a landslide victory for voter ID, if I recall correctly. And and again, I don't have all of my papers. I have none, this is, none of this is show prepped, people. This is all working without a net. So I apologize if I get the percentage wrong, but I want to say it was somewhere around 57% approval. But I could be wrong. Maybe that's the uh, Mitt Romney... Oh, no, that was 47%. But it won. Majority of people. That's what democracy looks like, you raging morons. That's what democracy looks like. And when people had an opportunity to put it into the Constitution, they said, yes, please, we would like that to be in the Constitution. And you guys just said no. You got four people, four lawyers to wear robes to say no. You millions of voters pound sand. I know better than you. I think you're racist. The Supreme Court's decisions, once again, a reminder that North Carolina Republicans are not interested in protecting our voting rights. This is, I I would be genuinely interested to know how much money this actual email brings in. My God, they think you're stupid. Seriously, if you're a Democrat getting these messages or an unaffiliated voter and you're getting these email messages, just a heads up, Jay Chaudhary and the Democratic Party, they think you're an idiot. There's no other way that they would write that otherwise.
right. So I may have gone a bit off the rails. I may have gotten a bit off the rails there. I apologize. It was 55%. Thank you, Eric. Or 54%. Whatever. It wasn't 57%. I was thinking of Heinz, I guess. Um... No, it's this stuff just it really hacks me off. This is why I get so angry at media as well. Here's another another case. So uh, I mentioned this briefly. Uh, I, so every Friday morning I go and I join Casey O'Day on his morning program up in uh, Raleigh. And uh, I mean, I join by phone. I don't drive up there. But I, 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 and we talk. And one of the things he was talking to me today about was the funeral for uh, the Wake County Deputy Ned Bird, who was shot and killed a couple of days ago, and they're still trying to... They, they made some arrests now, but they're still trying to figure out what happened. And Casey's got all these sources and all these different law enforcement agencies, and he said that the sheriff, Gerald Baker, who just got defeated in his Democrat primary, um, he's the incumbent, but Baker, like, normally you get all of these other law enforcement agencies that will offer to cover shifts for the grieving agency, right? So the people there can go and attend the funeral for their fallen friend. And these other law enforcement officers come in and they volunteer and they, they fill the, they fill the gaps. And what Casey O'Day's people were telling him, and he had it from five different sources. He said, they all said that that was not being allowed and that these colleagues were being forced to run their shifts today during the funeral. I mean, I just and at that point, I said to KC, I said, look, we have debated who has a worse sheriff. Uh, you win. Wake County's got a worse sheriff than Mecklenburg, but they voted it. They voted his ass out. So uh, when he's gone, then we can we can then have that mantle. So uh, just give us some time. But that's, that's what I've heard. And I would love for some folks in the media to be able to, I don't know, chase that story down. If Casey's getting that info, you know that. There are other people covering beats. They should be getting the info, too. Two six-packs of shiner. 99-cent butane lighter. Lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler. Tank of gas that ought to do her. I can feel a good one coming on. So in Ray Wiley Hubbard, sing along to Redneck Mother, any blues I had before gone. Another working week is over, no chance of staying sober, I can feel a good one coming on. Until the break of dawn Yeah, I can feel a good one coming on See, that's one of the reasons why I get so angry at lawyers and judges and media Because I do have a high standard for those professions That's why I was so angry at Tater all these years Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang Followed us down to the lake And didn't have to think about that too long Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight Situation couldn't be more right I can feel a good one coming on Yeah, we gonna roll all night We gonna get the feeling right We gonna keep this party 
until it breaks the dawn. Yeah, I can feel a good one. Feel like a good one. I can feel a good one coming on. Yeah. Spud got spiked. Brian Stelter out at CNN. Old tater. He looks like a potato. I don't wish ill will on him or any of the other staffers there, but it's because I I loved the show so much and I loved the work that they were supposed to be doing. It's why it hurt me when Tater went the way he did. So he's out. I'll see you on Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Keep this party rocking till it breaks down.